Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Here comes Donovan on the right side. Donovan crosses over, pulls back, and hit. Bogdanovich powers in the lane on Graham and scores it. And Bogey's taking advantage of some mouses in the houses tonight. Double pick waiting. He gets to the right. He fires the three. Hit on off the bounce. Three off a squeeze pick and roll. And Donovan Mitchell buries it. He's got 24 in the game. He lines up Josh Hart, one of his better friends. Pulls for three on a step back and hit. Oh, Donovan Mitchell, you are magnificent. Utah Jazz open their five-game road trip with a victory. They win 115-104 in New Orleans. Donovan Mitchell leading the way with 29 points. Mike Conley adding 22 points, eight rebounds, and seven assists. BK, the offense wasn't great in the first half, and yet they still had the lead. A real bad sign for the Pelicans. Oh, I knew. I knew. In fact, I knew before the game that that was a bad sign for them. How'd you do that? Because they're not good. There it is. And yet they had beaten the Jazz. You love that thing going on, uh, the law of numbers within the game. Yes. <laughs> I look at the talent, see who's better. You wanted a 17-3 run out of the Jazz. You expected a 17-3 run out of the Jazz. They were nearly there. I demanded it. 15-3 in their last 18. You have two more games to demand it. Uh, yeah, I'll demand it. And I'll demand, I demand multiples, not just one. Jazz off today. They're in Denver to play the Nuggets tomorrow. 8 o'clock tip for that one. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. And the right hand hammer. Right side. Joel Embiid puts his arms up for the home crowd. Rebounded by Adams. Grizzlies get a stop. Morant pushes. Gets by Durant to the rim. Jams with the right hand. Oh, get out of the way. James Johnson. Pool. Left side with a triple. It's up a good pool. After Silva hit two free throws, nails a three, and it's 106-96 Warriors. Simons hits a screen to the wing again. Another three on the way. It's good again. Anthony Simons with 28. He has made eight threes in this game. Highlights from the NBA. Trey Young goes for 56 points. Highest point total in the NBA this season. It's a career high for him. But the Blazers beat the Hawks. 136 to 131, the final score in that one. Yeah. Anthony Simons also had a career high 43. Guys, filling it up. Who? Anthony Simons. Never heard of him. Okay. Where'd he go to college? Don't know. Where'd he go to college? Anthony Simons? Yeah. You never heard of him? I've heard of him. I've heard of, uh, who's the other Anthony? Hardaway? When you, when you have a name like that, you can't copy it. Like, there should be nobody else named Kobe, nobody else named Shaq. You know what I mean? You, you just, you can't go in Anthony Hardaway, so you can't go that. You know what I'm saying? But you can't. You cannot. No, I think he actually didn't go to college. I was going to say, he never Suns. played in I think college. he played at that IGM spiel. IMG Academy. What did I say? IMG? It's M-I-G? What is it? G-I-M? It's IMG. It's in Florida. <laughs> Bradenton, baby. Yes, I think that's where he went, right? Yes, correct. He did that thing. and He did a jazz workout here during the pre-draft Waited process. out the time. 
which seems so silly and arbitrary that they have that to begin with, but he's one of those dudes. And I think we'll see more of those types. That's why I asked you about college, because there was no college. And for those guys, yeah, that's what they should do. If you can make it, then it's uh, obviously the good thing for you. If you can't, I guess if you can't, you should. You could always go back to college, although you know you wouldn't have the typical college experience if you're a twenty-some-year-old freshman living in the dorms. That would be probably a little awkward. Did your dorm have one of those guys? We had a couple of those returning students. I don't. One guy recall. was like an outrageously tw- old twenty-four. <laughs> I lived in the dorms but two years. Eighteen and nineteen-year-olds. I didn't live in the dorms at uh, in Tempe, so I, I, I'm sure they're. There were, but I know I looked at, you know, how to shoot classes with seniors, and they certainly seemed way older than me at the time. Kyle Kuzma, 36 points, 14 rebounds, former youths with huge stat line there. Wizards beat the Hornets 124 to 121. Yeah, get away from LeBron and rediscover your game. (laughs) This game obviously took a massive hit when those two were on the same team together. DeMar DeRozan, 29 points. Bulls beat the Magic, 102-98. Sixers have been good. Everyone's got high expectations for the Nets. But look at the Bulls go, PK. You got any faith in them in the postseason? Well, I have to see what the others are, you know, because they've got the trade with uh, Simmons available. And that's going to happen at some point, you'd think. And then who's available for the Nets? So we're still, you know, five months away from yep. that. And so. you got to see if the Bucks get healthy. I left them out. Obviously, they're a big player in the East, but they're going to have to be healthy, as is everybody. So I like what the Bulls did, and bringing in Donovan to, in order to get to the top, you got to get to the middle. At first, usually, you know, there's very few examples of teams not being very good, make a trade, and all of a sudden they are that they're that good. So they've made a major step because it seemed like they were running around in place for years, and now they're obviously a very solid team with a bunch of veteran guys. The Bulls right now are two games. They're in first place, so two games in front of the Nets, two in front of the Bucks, and three and a half up on Miami. They picked up a game last night while the Bulls were beating the Magic. The Pistons were beating the Bucks 115 to 106, and the Grizzlies were just hammering the Nets 118 104. Ja Morant 36 points, eight assists. Ja rules, man. Ja rules. I did not see that game, but I saw people complain about Harden folding up the tent and quitting in the third quarter of that game. He folded up the tent and quit. Yeah, who said mailed that? it in? I will find it for you on Twitter. Yes. Because they're going to have to answer to me. <laughs> okay, that's good. I was watching the Jazz when I saw it in a little bit of Monday Night Football. Did not see the Nets. Clay Thompson set to make his return to the Golden State Warriors lineup Sunday. There are multiple reports that he will return Sunday after more than two years away due to injuries. Final decision on his status will be made Friday after the team returns. They're on the road. they got back-to-back games with Dallas and New Orleans coming up. And, of course, they lead the West without him, a game up on the Suns and two and a half up on the Utah Jazz. The Warriors beat the Heat 115-108. Jordan Poole leading away with 32 points. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. 
Men under center. Najee gets a fake over the middle. The pass is caught, and that's a touchdown. Deontay Johnson crossing pattern in front of the defender, right to left. Delpit couldn't keep him out of the end zone. Third and three. Najee gets the call, cuts it back through the hole. He's on his way. He's at the 25, 20, 15, 10. Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown. Go, baby. How about Najee Harris? Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cleveland Browns 26-14. Ben Roethlisberger expected to be his final home game. Lots of signs, fans hanging out after the game. He took a lap around the field, high-fiving people around the perimeter of the field. Pittsburgh still has some playoff hopes. Not much, but some. They need Jacksonville to pull a massive upset and beat Cincinnati. And they need to beat Baltimore. But that was the send-off for Roethlisberger there. A long career. He's pushing 40, and he's no Tom Brady. I don't think anybody is, right? Cleveland's eliminated. Baker Mayfield says he'll have off-season surgery on the torn labrum and his non-throwing shoulder. See if he plays in the final game of the year or not. Cincinnati playing Cleveland, and Cleveland doesn't have anything to go play for because they're eliminated, but Cincinnati's still playing for seeding and home field advantage in the playoffs. Day after dismissing Antonio Brown for leaving the field mid-game in New York, Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians told reporters they have no regrets. They just hope the best for him. It was very hard. I wish him well. If he needs help, I hope he gets some. It's very hard because they do care about him. Sure. And Raiders rookie cornerback Nate Hobbs arrested on a misdemeanor charge of DUI early Monday morning, hours after his team returned from a last-second victory over the Colts. Comes two months and one day after wide receiver Henry Ruggs III was involved in a fiery high-speed car crash, claimed the life of a 23-year-old woman and her dog, and has Ruggs facing up to 50 years in prison on felony DUI and reckless driving charges. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. It's free agent season, PK. Can you follow all the quarterbacks with the transfers and the potential transfers? Yes. Oklahoma quarterback Caleb Williams announced on Twitter Monday he's entering the transfer portal. However, that does not mean he's leaving Oklahoma. He's keeping the Sooners as an option. Dave had a coaching change. He replaced Spencer Rattler this season as a Sooner starter. Rattler has already transferred out. UCF quarterback Dylan Gabriel announced his commitment to UCLA. However, he's flipped his commitment to Oklahoma, expecting to join the Sooners, expected... He thinks Caleb Williams isn't coming back and that he is leaving. So musical chairs continue. So if he does come back, then we have another opportunity for Gabriel to transfer again. Exactly. He could change his mind one more time. I want to see what the record is. I'm going to go like five in one year. (laughs) Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett is a native of the Peach State, says he is not carrying the weight of expectation knowing the Bulldogs haven't won a national title in 41 years. Maybe I'm not capable of holding that weight on my shoulders, but no, I'm just treating it as a football game. Do I know what that means to a lot of people? Yes. Am I trying to play some kind of savior by winning a national championship for millions of people? No. I don't think that's my job. Yeah, okay. Can he beat Alabama? No. Yeah, okay. Last bowl game of the season outside of that national championship game tonight, LSU and Kansas State, Texas Bowl, 7 p.m. on ESPN. LSU reportedly down to... 39 scholarship players. They have quarterbacks, although the quarterbacks are walk-ons. They're not scholarship guys. 
They've had injuries. They've had academic issues. They've had opt-outs. And they got some guys in COVID protocol. So they've turned 85 into 39. Well, I don't really care about that. They can do whatever. I think the the thing to watch on the Oklahoma transfer is does he follow... Uh, what's his face? Riley to SC, and then what does Jackson Dart do? He's a local kid. Does he want to leave? Does he stay and say, "Well, I'll compete with him," or does he think there's not any competition? That's his guy. I'm out of here. And if so, where does he go? Yeah, so that would be a, a sign to watch rather than what Dustin Gabriel does or whoever what the hell, where the hell his name is. Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, Dustin Gabriel played for BYU. Is that uh, a former Cougar? <laughs> Roman Gabriel. Uh, Famous Gabriels, bring him on. So, uh, I don't really care what happens there, but it will be interesting to see what happens with Jackson Dart. What does he want to do? Because he showed promise, certainly, as a freshman, and somewhat of limited opportunity there. They're the headlines. That is what is trending. And it is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Dane Marshall, Milford High School football coach, is going to join us to talk about Bryson Barnes. He was Bryson's high school coach. And Bryson came off the bench, thrilled everybody through the touchdown pass to tie the Rose Bowl. A highly unusual story. We'll talk with Thane Marshall, Bryson's high school coach, coming up at 8 o'clock. And Ben Anderson goes to Jake and Ben, jazz writer for KSLsports.com, is going to join us to talk jazz at 9 o'clock right here on the Zone Sports Network. This is Unrivaled. You guys are doing a hell of a job. I just believe... It can't be status quo for Utah because if it's status quo, USC, Oregon are going to go. They're going to blow by Utah in the next couple of years. Utah's got to get bolt. They got to get creative. They got to get outside the box. They got to get some big time recruits bigger than what they've been getting. That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran weekdays from three to seven on 97.5, 1280 The Zone, powered by KSLSports.com. DJ and PK in the morning, proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Yeah, there's two things that really get under my skin. And what's that? Nobody has ever jumped out of the gym, and nobody has ever broken anybody's ankles on a basketball court. Those are the two things. Yeah. It's never happened. There's never been anybody who jumped out of the gym, and no one has ever broken anybody's ankles unless you're like... uh, uh, Tanya Harding's people, and you go for the kneecap. And you miss and hit the ankle? Yeah. Even that kneecap wasn't broken. That was a contusion. So stop saying that. Breaking ankles! It never happened. It never will happen. It means the guy fell down. It's an expression. But it's wrong. I want accurate expressions. You know what I'm saying? If I say my back is up against the wall... <laughs> you literally had better be over at the edge of the room. He's a long way from the microphone, people. His back is against the wall. There. My back was up against the wall. It's time for the question of the day right now. Pac-12, 0-5 in bowl games. What can be done to improve the conference? The off-season goals... Making Pac-12 football better. Yeah, they have to be, man. 0-5. Oh, 
George Klyavkov. You should put in a request, Yach, because he's out there running around to a bunch of print dudes. He did the Los Angeles Times. He did the Hammer. Uh, they must have his phone number. He lives in Vegas. And so the Los Angeles Times had a big question and answer thing with him. I've got it right in front of me. We evaluated our non-conference performance and statistically our worst since 1983. Hey, thanks a whole hell of a lot, Utah. (laughs) (laughs) Since 83. Yeah. 83. Thanks a whole hell of a lot, BYU. For those five losses. Yeah. We got two major contributors, one for good, one for bad, right here in our community. On those two. And then he does make some excuses here. Uh, COVID had a significant effect on the field. Early in the season, we had some teams that played a couple of games in 20 months. They were competing against teams that played full seasons the previous April. I don't care if Washington hadn't played in 10 years. You should be beating Big Sky teams at home. And that's what he must that's be referring to. That's an outrageous to. demand by you. That's the only thing I could think he's referring to. And Montana got him 13-7. to Well, that means there'll be built-in improvement next year because teams played 12 or 13 games this year. I don't care about that. And improving in the West, we're soft. He talks about the underlying youth and high school football participation rates over the last decade, and they've dropped significantly in the West. Yeah, but most of the star players are still playing. They're the ones who are going to college. The guys who aren't playing are... You don't know that. People aren't going to college anyway. You just made that up. You have no idea. That's a hypothesis. It's <laughs> <laughs> <So> a what? <laughs> That's a hypothesis. Your mind would explode if Gabriel hypotheses played basketball and broke ankles. <laughs> I always felt that when they were saying the football and the, and the concussion issue and the CTE and all that stuff. I said, yeah. And meanwhile, the poor in the South are going to continue to play and they're not going to care about any of that stuff because that's the way out. The reality is, and it's not me saying it, they're born into poverty conditions and they're most likely not born into two-parent households that are married and even around. Those are the statistics. We don't ever want to talk about that. We want to talk about everything else, but we don't want to talk about that. But those are the stats out there. And to think that they're not going to play football, yeah, it's not happening. And the Mountain West is recruiting in the West and getting kids who can win football games. So that's just not it. I'm going to have that discussion over there, but that isn't why the Pac-12 is losing games to the Mountain West, losing games to the Big Sky, and losing all the bowl games. He also talked about self-inflicted wounds from the media rights deal. And I appreciate what he says on that because he's absolutely right. The lack of distribution in the Pac-12 networks is just atrocious. And that's not a hypothesis. That's a fact. It's out there, and Yogi and his guys and ladies do great work. I can't I say nobody it. sees it. But anytime with uh, Larry Scott, you'd bring it up. Yeah, but but in Spokane, Bob's Cable System, you can get it. You can get it right. Bob's Cable System, it's right there. It's on that. But if you have the NFL ticket and you have DirecTV, <laughs> you can't get it. And he would go on and on, uh, just like, oh, man. Stop. It's a disaster, at least with George. He's willing to acknowledge that this is a joke. I have 30 months left on those contracts, and I'm counting every hour. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm reading it right here. Yeah. The Pac-12 fans have my commitment that we're going to fix it. At the most, it's going to take 30 months. I'm hoping we can start fixing it sooner, although I inherited some extremely restrictive and hot, tightly written contracts that make it difficult to make many improvements. But yeah. So I don't it. think the distribution is the biggest problem in the contracts. It's the money. Now, the, because of lack of distribution, you're getting less money in, so they're tied together. The two games that air on the Pac-12 most weeks usually involve the last-place team in each division. They're certainly the vast majority of the least attractive games in the conference. You've still got four of your six conference games most weeks are airing on ESPN and Fox. So is it a contributing factor? Yes. Yes, it is. But is that... Yeah, but I mean, you're talking about games. Why, why, why do you limit the games? If you can go on Saturday night and get the reviews, and then all week they talk about it and they build it up, all their shows, it's all those other things. It's a factor. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's not just about games. It's they, they just want the buzz around it. There's no, that you, because ESPN is not talking about you. They can broadcast one game a week, and that's it. And they do it at 8.30 at night our time, and they talk about it, and they got some third-team announcing, fourth-team announcing. Nobody knows who those people are. Yeah. But when you get Herbie announcing it, it's a big, <laughs> big deal. And kids want things that are big, 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 big deals. deals. They absolutely do. And that is largely how it works. ESPN does two games a week. and Yeah. One of them Saturday night at 8.30. Which isn't that bad on the West Coast because it's 7.30, so it's the primetime game. So when you're losing kids in the state of California, your teams are getting pretty good exposure there. Not getting exposure in the rest of the country, not getting the hype with the national media, that's true. But having one or two games primetime on the West Coast isn't the worst thing. Now, in the weeks that you have three games that late, that's the worst thing. Yeah, but I mean, when you're used to playing at 2 o'clock in the afternoon all those years, when SC, even in their Pete Carroll, when they had it going on, they weren't playing so many freaking night games. Uh, just, in, in those schools, if somebody else is going to come in and poach your players, then you need to go to their places and poach, poach their, their players. players. And it's not happening because those places are not going to be – on your time zone, they're going to be on later time zones because you it's can't, not going to help you recruit Texas and Florida. Yeah, unless you just go to Hawaii, and then so. But you're not even getting the best I mean, players out of Hawaii. Anymore. I mean, it's everything, everything that's in the mix, and perception becomes reality, and every we goes right to the Pac-12 network. It's over a decade, and it still hasn't been fixed. That's atrocious. That's embarrassing. And he's counting the hours. Right. Till he can fix it. That's what he said. It would seem like he can't mess it up anymore. Yeah. And I think, uh, to me, if you're going to point a number one thing, and I've never been a big number one thing because I think everything matters. Nothing is necessarily the ultimate, but everything is. And so you add it all together, and that's what you end up with. Uh, There is not this burning, overwhelming desire to compete at the highest level in football. And until there's that, you're just going to be running in place compared to the Alabamas of the world. Do you do a distinction between competing at the highest level and competing at a pretty good level? Because when you say competing at the highest level, are they 
trying to be Bama, and then there's competing at a pretty good level where, hey, let's make sure we win eight games and we're bowling because it's it's two different things. One, they they are not qualifying for the playoff, so it's not even so much about beating Alabama. It's about uh, qualifying for the four. playoff. Big deal. That's not <clears> it. <throat> Well, who cares about qualifying the playoff? All the people who beat on the Pac-12 when they don't qualify for the and playoff. And so you get to the, pack, get to the playoff and lose. That's not going to do you any good. It's about competing at the highest level. There's not a burning desire. They can make the playoff five years in a row. And if they lose like Cincinnati did five years in a row, they'll get hammered for that. That's not a solution. That's a Band-Aid to a bleeding body. That's all that is. It's competing at the highest level. It is paying people enormous amounts of money and be willing to overlook all this little level cheating. Well, Oregon's willing to do that. And USC, they must have made big commitments to probably coach out of Oklahoma. Not just paying him, but what they're going to pay the staff. Right. What the recruiting budget's going to look like. And he's won zero games at SC. We're talking about right now. We'll see what he can do. But yeah, that's a great start. He's a big name. See what happens there. But that's what it's got to be. It's got to be pay at the highest level. Win at all costs. I heard uh, Ray Anderson, and he's thought of to be a statesman in the athlete, uh, in the conference. He was considered for commissioner. He's the Arizona State Athletic Director. And he loves to talk about the comprehensive. We want a comprehensive athletic program. Good. Good for you. Because the people in Tuscaloosa don't. They don't care. Nope. If they're the, playing the latest the sport, Czechoslovakian <clears throat> from women's tennis, nobody cares. To your point, if they play a sport, they want to play at the highest level. The SEC has the most money, and across the board, they largely play the fewest sports. They have the money to play other sports, and they don't. But the ones they play, well, they It's find. about football. We're talking about football. We're not talking about the ones they play. We're talking about football. You have to have a win-at-all-cost mentality. And if you don't have that, it's not going to work. And so you have to create some NIL stuff. You've got to set it up. You've got to find whatever the line is that's legal and illegal and just cross it. <laughs> you have to. How has the SEC done it? They've found the line and they've crossed it. Yeah. So know what you can get away with. And set it up for these big-time boosters to be given some of these big five-star guys. Here's $100,000 right off the bat. Especially in, in those communities where I already said they're coming from likely, not always, not all, even though that's all we read is he had to cross over 10 bodies to get to school every morning. That's not everybody. There Just are some it, middle class out there. And and if you are middle class and have been paying for your kid to get elite quarterback lessons at 100 bucks an hour since they were in junior high, you're going to be interested in that. You've yeah. invested a lot of money, and you're going to want it back. And if you've been on travel teams... And you got coaches demanding, hey, play multiple sports. Kyle was just talking about that the other day, and he is certainly not alone in that. And you've been on travel teams in multiple sports. You're middle class. You're feeling the squeeze. So until they have a burning desire, we're just running in place. And you can occasionally get the upset and get a team in there, Washington and Oregon. They got in. Whoop-de-doo, they got in. And then, and then our Oregon, I think, got to the final. But Washington got worked. So if I remember correctly, maybe they didn't, but they lost. Uh, 
that that's what it's going to take because they're going to get in because they're going to expand the playoff. There's too much money. So getting in will take care of itself, but that's not going to be near good enough. Getting in, whoop de do. So what? Then it'll be about your record once you're in. I mean, Cincinnati got in. Getting in, if, if getting in is the goal, drop down in the Mountain West and go undefeated there, just like Cincinnati did, and play one big game and win it, and you're good to go. I, I, I don't see where getting in is the panacea. It's a big fancy word. Look at you go, you wordsmith. Yeah. When he talks like that, he breaks my ankles. There was a guy who... Uh, when I was in news in California, in Wilmington, he was a councilwoman's uh, chief of staff, and he said something about, like, government is not the panacea, and that became the big rallying cry in the community, and he just got roasted for it. <laughs> so I remembered it all these years later, panacea, and he used it, and he took tons of heat for saying it, because uh, basically saying, look at yourselves. Figure out ways to improve your own and stop complaining and expecting government to do something for you. But he didn't go. He was saying that without going all the way. But he used the word panacea and it became such a big deal that I'm sure he regretted saying it because he took so much grief for it. Got the question up on Facebook. What should be done? What can be done to improve the conference? Brent says, penalize players for opting out of bowl games. Otherwise, the value of most bowl games... Okay, you can't play college bowl games again if you opt out. (laughs) It's not not just about the 0-5 bowl games either. It's about the 0-5 record against BYU and the two losses to the Big Sky schools and five losses, I guess six now, to the Mountain West Conference. On down the line. Here's what Klavko says. For me, the biggest single issue is the ongoing effort investing in football. The work of convincing our presidents and chancellors is a very good return on investment when you invest in football was started by me before I started the job in my press conference when I was announced. And and that's it. You invest in football is what he's talking about, and that's the biggest difference. Facilities, coaches, and other football-related matters, and it leads to higher title recruits, and that leads to wins, and wins lead to direct and indirect revenue. It certainly leads to significantly increased alumni engagement. And it leads to historically increased applications, more selective process. So basically just one after another. The hip bones connected to the blah, 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 and so forth until you got the whole body. And that's what he's talking about. But that's not going to happen. Because we know the Pac-12, the research, and so we don't land grant, whatever the hell that is. We don't want that. I mean, come on. You got to be research institutions. I mean, I mean, they we're, we're academic like-minded and blah, blah, blah. Look at us. Klavkov hasn't said any of that, has he? And I so have my tea with my pinky out. That was all the previous commissioner. But that's the president's. That's the mindset of the conference. It's not, it's not, wasn't made. Did that mindset change at all when they hired Klavkov? I mean, if he's saying this stuff now, did he say that stuff in his interview? Yeah, of course he did. He just said it, that he was talking about it before he got the job. So then their mindset's changing because they hired the the guy who said, enough of that, do this. I don't know how, what's the process? Does it have to be unanimous? I mean, did this simple majority? So uh, they have seven and five don't care? Uh, 
We're, we're that would work. Be, they need the bottom of the league. I don't, I don't know how that works. <laughs> Those five don't invest. Be the bye week that yeah, Alabama's but, I mean, getting just, but in the are SEC. You, if you're investing the best in the Pac-12, does that mean you're investing at an SEC level? No, not necessarily. Uh, Utah was, the, the fact is, good on the Utes, but they were the best team in a crappy conference this year. That's what it boiled down to. So who's going to pay like USC and Oregon? Well, I, 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 that's what I'm saying. I don't know that you, you, that's good enough. You have to pay like Alabama, not SC and Oregon. And in fact, you have to pay more because not, that's not good enough. You have to pay more than Alabama because you have disadvantages that they don't have. They have way more advantages than you do. There's, it's Football is the number one thing. And there's tons of recruits. Oregon has to go all over. They do. There aren't very many recruits in Oregon. Yeah. So you just can't meet them. You have to exceed them. And Alabama already is going all over. Even though there's tons of players in a... Well, they go wherever they want. Yeah. In a two, three, four hour, whatever you want, circle around campus, there's tons of players. But... They get players out of California and Hawaii. Get them wherever they want. Wherever they're there, that's where they get them. And I'm sure they're getting... I mean, uh, Tagovailoa, man, all his parents, they move to Alabama. Well, if I had a kid and he was great in sports and he went to Michigan, can I just up and move to Michigan? Yeah. Where's my job? Where's my housing? Where's my health care? Somebody took care of them. <laughs> yes. Believes every single person in college football yeah. at every other school in Division One. Right. And probably Division Two too, but nobody's asking them. Division Two too? As in Desmond Tutu? As in Division Two also. May he rest? So you have to, do, you have to go to that level. You have to treat it. Screw the student athlete deal. Where's on the field uh, with uh, the media the other night at the end of the Rose Bowl, and one of the guys says, "Does the loser go first? And I said, "Watch your mouth. There is no way they're going to call them the loser." Yeah. The non-winning team. Yeah. And so, sure enough. Joining us first on the podium is the runner-up to the Rose Bowl. Oh, <laughs> runner-up. Runner okay. <laughs> Why don't they just say joining us first is Utah? <laughs> How complicated is that? Everybody yeah. knows what the final score is. Well, because they have to spin it, you know, and it's that's a, we're, we're in a soft society. How about the loser? You lost. The losing team, if you don't want to say loser, but they can't do that. And the reason why I bring that up is the, the student-athletes. Hey, Cardale Jones didn't go to Ohio State to play school. <laughs> One of the best quotes. <laughs> right out of his own mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Cardale's telling the truth. Right. He, he was. <laughs> he How was. many of those kids at Ohio State are going there to play school? Doesn't mean you can't get a degree, but that's not their first priority. And it's not the first priority of the coaching staff. That's why they're all these menial majors. Not all of them, but a lot of them. To get them through as easy as possible to stay eligible so you can win games out on the field. And the alumni, they don't give a crap about that. You want to be pre-med? Well, good luck. That just means you ain't good enough to go to the NFL. So I don't want you anyway. 
I mean, there's a few exceptions, but that's what it's about. And that's what they got to do here. Don't bag, bag this idea of student-athlete spiel. We're getting there. No, we need to, but they're already there, over there, on the other side. That's why we just had the worst statistical non-conference season since 1983, because we're getting there. Yep. Meanwhile, they're there. I know. And they've been there. I'm aware. And ain't going anywhere. So don't give me your little soft while we're, we're, they're getting there. <laughs> that ain't good enough. They're ain't getting there. Well, you can't say there. they're there because they're not there. So all that's left is they're getting there. Or No, I want to know why aren't they there and then crack heads for those who are in the way. Because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a president and a chancellor and a board of trustees and whatnot who are determined we're going to do everything we possibly can. And if that means some shady stuff, so be it. Because the donors, they don't care. Nobody cares what uh, uh, Cam Rising's GPA is. Shady doesn't. Uh, shady doesn't really happen with name, image, and likeness, does it? Yeah, it's oh, made for it sure. all legal and above board. No, there's nothing that's all above board. There's nothing in the history of the world that's all above board. How naive are you? Jeez, oh, there's no longer there's no longer going to be shady stuff anymore. Here, line up. Get your trophy, junior high students. Here's a hundred. Everything is fair. Here's that's a, your world. Here's a hundred grand. Pose for some photos I can use in my company. Thanks, you're done. Great. Now I want 250 grand. That ain't good enough because he's getting 250 grand. This is 100 grand. With all the hanger honors, that goes like that. And you got to pay taxes on it, too. So it's not really 100 grand. 100 grand. That's chump change, my friend. And I call you my friend because I have to take care of you on matters like this. You just threw out a hundred grand earlier in the segment. Make it two fifty. Make it five hundred. Make that, it a million. That's the way it works. It, that's the number Nick threw out. Nick Saban threw that out for Alabama's quarterback. Good old a million Nick. Bucks. He was recruiting when he said it. Yeah. Well, that that's what it's about. There's no limits. Nobody puts limits on how much money you can make. If you can make more, come on. So the Utah and BYU booster is going to keep up with the California and Texas schools? No. Oh. But if they want to, they have to. <laughs> That's what it's going to take. If Utah wants to take a next step, I mean, they've been flirting near the playoff. Well, look at the formula. Play crap non-conference schedule. Go 3-0. I realize they didn't do it this year. But two years ago, before the pandemic, late in November, they were in. The go Utah. Nobody wants to see for you Paul Feinbaum. Nobody wants to see Utah. And so beat lousy teams and then beat within your conference. I mean, they didn't beat anybody outside of the conference this year. Zero wins except for Weber, right? Right. So they had but no They lost to BYU, they lost San Diego State, yeah. and then they lost the bowl game to Ohio State. So that's not good enough. That can get you to the Pac twelve title game and then maybe get you to the Rose Bowl, but it ain't gonna get you beyond that. DJ and PK, your reaction coming up next at 8 o'clock where you're talking to Bryson Barnes High School coach Thane Marshall. Milford High joins us coming up in about 15 minutes right here on 1280 and 97.5 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. 
Frank Dolce right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Looking ahead to next season, Tavian Thomas, let's just assume he's back. Cam Rising's back. You do lose one of the best defensive players that's ever played at the University of Utah, Devin Lloyd. But the scene does seem to be set for this team to be really good again next year, don't you think? This is a football team that has significantly fewer question marks heading into 2022 than they did in 2021. With that in mind, with what looks like a staff that should still be intact and with some terrific young players who really performed well this year. You know, I don't know what's going to happen in the South, but I think it's still a conference and a division that Utah can dominate, especially this coming season. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK, it's 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Question of the morning, the Pac-12. Coming off an 0-5 bowl season, coming off what George Klavkov says is statistically the worst season since 1983. Non-conference season. What can the commissioner and his friends at the 12 schools do to improve Pac-12 football? You brought up Alabama, and Chad says, Clemson is the model for Utah and other Pac-12 schools, not Alabama. Good. Then you'll play second fiddle to Alabama then. Not a bad place to be. Better than where you are right now. It is. Josh says, I'm not sure what the conference should do, but I'm sure glad BYU isn't joining the Pac-12. Laughing, crying emoji. I don't know what that means. Can't fix it, but it's a problem, and he's glad BYU's not going to be a part of it. Oh, they would take it in a heartbeat. Don't you kid yourself. At Utah Man BQ says, 0-5, don't you mean 0-6? BYU lost their bowl game to UAB. I don't mean 0-6. Making fun of BYU being Pac-12 champs. I'm not in the mood to make fun. This is a serious issue. It's no joking. SM at Fit 38 says, they need to recruit better. Think they've just whiffed on guys? Yeah. Or they can't get the guys they want. Because they're going to Alabama and Ohio State and wherever else. They're not all going there. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau didn't go there. I'm pretty sure he could have played for Alabama. Gabe says the Pac-12 is not a good conference. Last time they won the title, last time they were relevant, 2004, and that was with a cheating USC team. Oh, cheating. I am so over that. Curtis says, you know, Aggie Nation takes a little pride in this question. Delivered one of the five losses. They did? Yeah. Yeah, they beat Washington State. They bookend Pac-12. First time they beat Power 5 teams, I think 2014. They beat two of them. Got Wazoo in the opener and Oregon State in the bowl game. Yeah. James says, the middle teams need to get better. I'm looking at you, ASU, Cal, Stanford. 
And the top teams need to get better, and the bottom teams need UCLA to get better. UCLA and Washington <laughs> State. <laughs> so, sure. <laughs> Actually, that's been one of the problems, is the middle teams have pulled off upsets. ASU was a middle team when they took down Oregon. Oregon State taking down Utah. Them out. Oregon State taking down Utah. Yeah. Middle team. Stanford taking down Oregon this year. I mean, it's, you don't need to go back two years. That's old news. Once SC is a lead again, it will help the conference, James says. The conference needs USC to be USC. Yeah, but see, can it be USC consistently with the way things are now? Since they've gone to the Pac-12, has it been? No. One conference title since then. And... It was it just Pete Carroll? He was the only guy who could do it, and the other guys were all dog meat? <laughs> Kiffin did a pretty good job there at, uh, uh, where was he, Ole Miss this year? In the, 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 how many had he? had 10, 11 wins, first time in school history. He couldn't do it over there. So I think that's what we're, we're looking at SC and we're going back all those decades. But we're not putting SC where it is now. We're putting them where they were back then, when they can play their games whenever and basically do whatever they want. And they had all the exposure that they possibly needed. Well, now that's not the case. Now they're assigned when you're going to play. And so we're, we're acting as if SC then is now. And nothing has changed except a coach. Well, we'll find out. But everything has changed since then. And Alabama wasn't stealing players, and Clemson wasn't stealing players. And they are now, because both of the quarterbacks at both schools are from California. How much was the Pac-12 in front of everybody because they figured out to throw the ball first and got good at it first? Yeah, but it was the Pac-10. Yeah. So everything has changed dramatically. And I've been saying this for weeks as I looked at Ohio State. Used to be those guys handed off. Yep. AJ McCarrens of the world. Well, now then, and and John Parker Wilson, who was the quarterback, or is it Wilson Parker, or is it Parker Wilson John? I don't know. But he was the guy who was the quarterback when you beat the Sugar Bowl team. He ain't a quarterback now. John Wilson Parker, Wilson John Parker, now Wilson a- Parker John. He's not getting anywhere near the quarterback now. Now it's an NFL guy. Yeah. They all have NFL, and that edge that the Pac-10 used to have, it's long gone. So Pete Carroll and SC, yeah, we just look at it, but if he came back today, it would be a drastically different job than when he had it back then. No offense to Wilson Parker John. And back then they kept Reggie Bush at home. Would they keep Reggie Bush at home now? Willie John was a hell of a quarterback for Alabama in his day, but they've upped their ante. Now they're going to get top guys Heisman Trophy winners. It took me a while to figure out Willie John, but I got that now. <laughs> it's like, what is he talking about? Oh. John Parker Wilson. John Wilson Parker. Wilson John Parker. Yes. Willie John. <laughs> right. That's who they, they, they played against when, they were, uh, when the Utes played them. It'd be like fourth team now. What they need to do, as far as the coaches... Just get whoever has been fired and Nick Saban gets on his staff to rejuvenate, then hire that guy. Yeah, the Nick Saban School of Coaching. Yeah, yeah, right. 
But if you don't have the money and you don't have the facilities, you can bring in a coach from a Texas A&M then and he can fail spectacularly. Then build them. Whatever it might be. Open up the checkbook. We're in to win at the highest level. And until you do that, you're not going to win at the highest level. DJ and PK, Thane Marshall, Milford High School football coach, Bryson Barnes, high school coach. Bryson threw the game-time touchdown in the Rose Bowl. How did that happen? We'll talk with Thane next. Stay with us.